0: Listen to them, children of the night, what music they make. There are things that go bump in the night, and we are the ones who bump back.
1: I see dead people. Somewhere in the
0: cosmos, perhaps... Intelligent life may be watching these lights of ours, aware of what they mean. Or do our lights wander a lifeless cosmos? I couldn't help but one point in my discussions with General Secretary Gorbachev. I couldn't help but say to him, just think how easy his task and mine might be in these meetings that we held.
1: If suddenly there was a threat to this world from another planet,
0: outside in the universe, well, I don't suppose we can wait for some alien race to come down and threaten us, but I think that between us, we can bring about that realization. Hello Crypt Keepers, hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 7, Part 1 of Cryptique. I'm glad to be here with my co-pilot on this journey through the cosmos, Ryan. How are you, Ryan? I am doing very well. I was going to try to come up with a pun,
1: but my uh, <laughs> dad jokes have abandoned me at the moment. How are you doing? Pretty
0: good. Uh, just real quick, tell them the address and what your bar is all about, because a lot of our listeners are still local. Okay, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, The loading bar is in Edwardsville. It's at 6185 Bennett Drive, Suite C. Um, It's right near the 1818 Chop House and the Trace Apartment Development at the corner of 157 and Governor's Parkway near SIUE. And it's a gaming, pop culture theme kind of thing. We've got vintage arcade games. We've got more coming. We've got some modern stuff coming. We've got pinball coming. We've got A lot of stuff that's still on the way because of the pandemic world that we live in now of course and uh yeah we're just trying to make it fun trying to make it something different than a lot of bars around here there's a lot of like sports bars and divey kind of places but not a lot that are like this
0: one of my favorite things is that you can bring your own food right
1: yep yep we're surrounded by restaurants so there was to my mind there's very little point in trying to have a kitchen
0: bring your own food dude that's awesome like hardly any place allows that. All right, well, what are we going to talk about tonight?
1: Uh, well, tonight's show is going to make you think twice about your favorite karaoke song. You didn't say that. You guys that, right? do karaoke? Uh, we we are thinking about it. I thought that sounded like a terrible idea because there's no like separate room for it, so you can't get away from it, but I figure we might pick a slow night. a Karaoke Night. There there are no karaoke places right around here
0: that I'm aware of. But anyway, the My Way killings are a social phenomenon in the Philippines, referring to a number of fatal disputes which arose due to the singing of the song, My Way, popularized by Frank Sinatra. And really, everybody's heard this song on a commercial or something. It's... It's kind of an odd thing that this song would cause what we're going to talk about. But it also peaked at number 27 on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1969. That's according to Casey Kasem. In karaoke bars, and they are more commonly known as video in the Philippines,
1: hmm.
0: so that's cool. A New York Times article estimated the number of killings to be about six up to 2010. Between 2002 and 2012, numerous people were killed for singing this song. What do we know about that?
1: Explanations for these incidents differ from the song being simply frequently sung among the nation's karaoke bars where violence is common, or to perceived aggressive lyrics of the song. Karaoke singing is a widespread popular pastime in the Philippines, including among the poor, where many earn about $2 a day in 2007 and can purchase time on a video key machine for 5 pesos, or about 10 cents in U.S. currency. Filipinos who can afford to do so often get private rooms at karaoke bars. Since January 16th of 1998, about a half-dozen incidents occurred in connection with complaints over the singing of the song My Way, Prompting Filipino newspapers to name the phenomena the My Way Killings.
0: Attention to these killings peaked on May 29th, 2007, when a 29 year old karaoke singer was shot dead by a security guard at a bar in San Mateo, Rizal. Rizal is a province in the Philippines? the guard had complained that the young man's rendition of my way was off key but the man refused to stop singing prompting the guard to pull out a 38 caliber pistol and shoot the man dead now i will tell you i've only been around karaoke like we used to do it at my house for fun we would just drink and and sing and it was a little different because it was like you know, like 10, 15 of my closest friends, my sister and my cousin were usually there. So, you know, it is what it is. You can get stupid, but people get stupid in public too. And they almost always sing off key. My cousin, on the other hand, is an unbelievable singer and he's all about karaoke. He goes out and does karaoke all the time. But what I've seen in karaoke is pretty much awful and yeah i don't I, think it's a good idea to be a security guard at a karaoke bar if you're going to be pissed off about somebody singing off key it makes no sense
1: yeah yeah it should be part of your uh interview process it's just <laughs> right. like play tapes of people having sung that way Be like how, and how do you feel but he'll come up to like a you know the the machine to test your galvanic skin response or whatever, <laughs> like see if they start sweating. Yeah. Uh, I the only really good karaoke I've ever heard. Like I I used to go to the I don't even remember what the place was, but it was it was a fairly large bar, but they had an area like specifically for karaoke, and I would go with these girls I knew, and it was just like it was very cute, you know, because they couldn't sing, but they yeah. didn't know or they didn't care, probably. A little bit of both. Right. And it was just fun to watch them have fun, you know. But it's like, I know, you know, that sometimes, the one in particular, she's just off enough to make your skin crawl.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: But but there was another place that I went to. I used to play pool uh, at at a place that would do karaoke nights. And two guys went up on stage. I don't know what they were doing. They were both wearing boas. But otherwise, they were dressed like normal college-age kids or whatever. And Mm. they sang... Uh, you ain't never had a friend like me from Aladdin. And oh, it was wow. it was unbelievable. It was so good. Really. Like, everybody actually stopped and applauded even on the side where I was like where the pool tables were not, you know, which was away from where you know like the karaoke stage and stuff were like we all stopped and applauded cuz it was I yeah, it was fantastic. I mean it was it was mostly cuz they were so into it. Like, they were decent singers, but they were really into it.
0: (laughs) Anyway, some Filipinos, even those who love the song, will not sing it in public in order to avoid trouble or out of superstitious fear. But is it superstitious if people have been murdered for, you know, hacking the song? Right. I don't know. I know if I go to the Philippines and sing karaoke, I'm not singing that. Yeah, sing some Sammy Davis Jr. or something. (laughs) Right do something different (laughs) as of 2007 the song reportedly had been taken off the playlists of karaoke machines in many bars in manila the capital of the philippines after complaints about out-of-tune renditions of the song resulting in violent fights and murders you talk about like helter-skelter type stuff man yeah for those of you that don't know and I'm sure most of you probably do the Helter Skelter murders were the Charles Manson murders where he either believed or lied and said that he thought that the Beatles were telling him to go out and murder people so I don't know Sinatra man maybe he's you know practicing witchcraft and stuff too and conjuring up these murders Mm mm-hmm As a reference to the phenomenon, Japanese rock band Kishidian... (laughs) Oh, let's try that again. As a reference to the phenomenon, Japanese rock band Kishidian, not necessarily saying that correctly, released an up-tempo rock cover of My Way as their 10th anniversary single with a promotional music video featuring lead singer... You want to take this one? No, I do not. Ayana Cozy show being shot numerous times while singing the song. Ayana Cozy is then shot once more in the back while walking away after the song is concluded, collapsing in a heap on the stairs. And I don't know what you think, but I think that's kind of a cool take, like a cool video different, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Topical. I kind of like stuff that makes fun of things that are current. Yeah. Or relevant, but... I, I've i been listening to a lot of 2000s stuff lately and mm-hmm. references to like sidekicks and in, in old technology like that is a little, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's funny. It's funny the way it dates it.
0: A shortened version was used as a commercial. What I think is, is kind of cool is like, we all know that Japan is kind of like the king of karaoke right like yeah. they that's like a huge part of their culture now they love it and as far as we know they usually don't kill people that sing Sinatra so it's kind of funny that a, a Japanese band was kind of making fun of this but
1: mm-hmm. New York Times writer Norimitsu Onishi argued that the killings might be the natural byproduct of the country's culture of violence, drinking, and machismo which I don't know I feel like that's blamed for a lot of things right now, if I'm totally honest just a side note here
0: Absolutely.
1: Uh, but I think some places are probably worse than others Violent attacks occur frequently in Filipino karaoke bars, with fights often sparked over breaches of karaoke etiquette, such as laughing at other performers, performing the same song twice, or hogging the microphone. According to Roland B... Man, I should have read that in advance. According to Roland B,
0: Tolan, uh, keep Tino. wanting to say Tarantino.
1: Yeah, I know. It's the Tino's throwing me off. <laughs> According to Roland B. Tolentino, an expert for pop culture at the University of the Philippines, Dillman, the killings connected to singing the song in karaoke may simply reflect its popularity in a violent environment. He also noted that the song's triumphalist theme might have an aggravating effect on singers and listeners alike. Other tunes just as popular in the Philippines have not resulted in murder. Butch Albarasing, the owner of Center for Pop, a Manila Bay singing school, also believed the lyrics of My Way increased the violence. The lyrics, as he explained, evoke feelings of pride and arrogance in the singer as if you're somebody when you're really nobody. It covers up your failures. That's why it leads to fights. That's
0: sad. If that's true, that's sad. I, I know the song my mm-hmm. way i've never like sang it or or you know sang along with it or I obviously done it for karaoke but it is kind of uh like hey you know i'm doing this the way i wanted to do it and it's gonna work out and yay for me but it's not like in from what i remember it's not like hey fuck everybody else i'm number one right it's like there are a lot hey, of hip-hop songs i, like I that. had success yeah.
1: There there are a lot of hip hop songs that are like that.
0: Oh yeah. And you know, they lead so to violence too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: The only time I ever can recall singing that song out loud I had
0: was when was, you signed for the loading bar. I was
1: <laughs> I was dry it was in high school and I was driving my grandma's like 1987 Plymouth Horizon or something cuz my car was like in the shop. It was terrible. It was so bad, but I loved it so much. Like, it was really fun. I remember I went to the, the girlfriend I had at the time. I went to her softball game, and normally, like, she would ride home with me afterward. Mm-hmm. And when she saw that car, she was like, nah, I'm, I'm going with somebody else.
0: Nice. And
1: I just, I drove it. Like, at that time, Edwardsville was much less developed than it is now. There were lots of, like, country sort of back roads that were, sure. you know, what now is, like, part of the main town. Mm-hmm. And a car is always the most fun at its limits, and that car was always at its limits. <laughs> and I just remember, like she was like, "No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a ride home with Brittany or whatever." And I was like, "All right, fine." So I was driving this thing around, and I was just listening to the radio, and that song was on, and I was just having a good time going up and down these hills. Like, oh, not gonna make it up this hill. Got to turn the air off. Like, <laughs> yeah. and singing that song, and it's I, I felt I was entirely aware that it was ridiculous and that was what made it fun yeah
0: and that's how karaoke should be the thought that someone is unsafe because they choose to sing this song for karaoke to me is just ridiculous yeah and i don't i mean i don't think machismo is necessarily a bad thing there's, you know, uh, it, it's kind of looked at as like the dark little brother of chivalry. I think, huh, you know, that's a
1: really good way of like that's a really good way of defining that.
0: I I really like that. <laughs> there there are some limits to you know if if somebody looks at you cross eyed, you shouldn't just you know tackle him and start fighting, but. There's something to be said if you know somebody disres like. What happens if somebody touches your girl's butt?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're they're asking to get punched in the face. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, there's it it sets some parameters and limits on what people can do and get away with. I think uh, if it leads to um, misogyny that's not a good thing you know if it leads to killing somebody over singing a song that's not a good thing but it shouldn't be completely demonized so right anyway uh you want to talk about some other countries
1: sure sure all right cases of singers being harassed assaulted or killed mid-performance were being reported all over east and southeast asia Incidents of karaoke rage outside of Asia have also been documented. In August of 2007, a karaoke karaoke.
0: (laughs) Hey, that might be a new word. Yeah,
1: that's all right. I'm a karaoke. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) you know what? I'm not even going to re-record that. All right, a karaoke singing (laughs) singing in Seattle, Washington, was attacked by a woman who wanted him to stop singing Coldplay's "Yellow." Which I can a little bit understand. Yes. Um, in March of 2008, a man was arrested in Thailand for shooting eight people to death, including his brother-in-law, in a dispute stemming from several karaoke offerings, including repeated renditions of John Denver's Take Me Home Country Roads. In 2008, most of John Denver's stuff by him, I like the remakes of it and covers of it, like there's a version of that song that was used in the trailers for Fallout 76. Is that a video it's, game? Yeah, it's re- it's really, really good. I never played the game, but I remembered it from the commercials. And the only place I've been able to find it is YouTube Music. But it's a really, really good version of it. And I could see how, you know, it would be a really... Like, that version of it, the, the pacing of it and everything the way it's kind of laid out could be a good you know karaoke song but
0: well if you are going to sing that song uh, I suggest not taking your Cessna for a flight afterwards but that's just me alright
1: in 2008 a man at a Malaysia coffee shop hogged the karaoke okay in in December of 2008 a man at a Malaysian coffee shop hogged the karaoke what is happening?
0: <laughs> Here, just say karaoke, and I'll just add it in to all the places you mess it up.
1: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like In December 2008, a man at a Malaysian coffee shop hogged the karaoke, karaoke microphone for so long. It'll be like a voicemail thing where you get, like, <laughs> it's like
1: the message for karaoke. <laughs> all right. In December of 2008, a man at a Malaysian coffee shop hogged the karaoke microphone so long he was stabbed to death by other patrons. In August of 2012, a fight over the microphone broke out in a Chinese karaoke parlor with a man killing two others with a meat cleaver. In July of 2013, an American was stabbed to death for refusing to stop singing in a karaoke bar in Krabby, Thailand. (laughs) I just got really excited about the name Krabby. Yes. I am not pleased that anybody was stabbed. I wonder what he was saying though. Do we know? We just know it happened.
0: Um I guess man if you're going to start having karaoke at your establishment, you might want a metal detector and a couple extra security guards. Hmm. Yeah. All right, so what's your what's your final thoughts on karaoke rage?
1: I don't know, it's super interesting. Like when we talked about it before this, I was really really interested and I just I don't know if it's like a cultural thing. It almost seems like a cultural phenomena. Kind of like eating Tide Pods or something like that. Like being violent against people singing certain songs or whatever.
0: Yeah. Like there's going to be a a TikTok challenge to, you know, throw a beer at people while they're singing karaoke and put it on TikTok or something. Yeah, something like that. What about you? What do you think? It, It is an odd thing to me. But on the other podcast, we cover murders and some of them are there. The motivation is so bizarre or or so uh, minuscule that Mm -hmm. it's unbelievable to me that people take this sort of action. And it really makes me wonder about, like, say, this guy who attack the karaoke singer with a meat cleaver that's not that guy's first crime you know what I mean yeah it's not his first crime your first crime is not attacking somebody with a meat cleaver in a bar you know he may have not killed people before but he's done some dirt because that's just not something you start off with this isn't something that you know we really wanted to get into tonight but these people have to have serious mental conditions right mm-hmm We'll talk about hanging coffins in part two. Because you want the rain people, Hey, what's up, Crypt Keepers? Are you enjoying the show? If you haven't already, I suggest taking my true crime podcast, Exploring Evil, for a test drive. Exploring Evil focuses on lesser-known serial killers, occult murders, and murders with a paranormal twist, so it should be right up your alley. The Magdalena Soli episode features a prostitute who convinced a Mexican village she was a goddess. She presented with psychosis, religious delusions, delusions of grandeur, sexual perversions, sadism, incest, fetishism, vampirism, and pedophilia. You don't want to miss that one. In the Indian Blood Farm, we cover a case where a man had an outbuilding he was keeping the downtrodden. He kept them weak by continuously draining blood to sell to the local hospitals who were running on short supply. But one man escaped and told the world what was really happening. How about the Body Snatchers episode where corpses had their body parts replaced with PVC pipes so they could be sold for a profit. In the Antron Singleton case, we cover a rapper who killed and ate pieces of a woman. There's always something new and interesting to listen to, and a lot of twists and turns. So check out Exploring Evil everywhere you find critique.
1: Hey, my name is Ryan. And I'm pretty sure I'm Joe. And we are the hosts of Movie Hell, a podcast all about movies and pop culture. We're two buddies who talk about this stuff anyway and wanted to share our own madness with all of you. Yeah, we have these discussions anyway and rant and rave about movies, TV, and pop culture in general, so why not share it? The objective of MovieHow is to bring you reviews and discussions of flops to avoid, new stuff to see, and hidden gems that might end up being your new favorite. Whether you're looking for that perfect movie for Friday night or wondering if anybody else found Mr. Nobody as unsettling as you did, I'm sure there's something for everyone to enjoy, and if not, let us know and we can always learn and improve. Ah, boy, do we have room to improve. You can listen to Movie How on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and pretty much anywhere else find Podcasts are curated.
0: So, in this part two of our show, we're going to talk about another kind of strange thing. You know, we don't always talk about conspiracy theories or UFOs or the paranormal. There's just some things out there that are so interesting. And the hanging coffins is just a really cool thing. So, we'll talk a little bit about those. Hanging coffins are coffins which have been placed on cliffs. They are practiced by various cultures in China, Indonesia, and and going back to the Philippines. Hanging coffins in China are known in Mandarin as shangwan, which also means hanging coffin. They are an ancient funeral custom of some ethnic minorities. The most famous hanging coffins are those which were made by the Bo people, now extinct of Sichuan and Yunnan. And where's that, you may ask? Do you know off the top of your head?
1: I do not know. China
0: it's amazing we're talking about china and we're talking about an extinct people the bow people it's uh interesting coffins of various shapes were mostly carved from one whole piece of wood so you really loved your dead relative if you carved them a coffin out of a tree right that's pretty cool Hanging coffins either lie on beams projecting outward from vertical faces such as mountains, they're placed in caves, in the face of cliffs, or sit on natural rock projections on mountain faces.
1: The Bo people were one of the non-Han peoples native to southern China prior to the Qin Han conquests southward. I think that's the right pronunciation.
0: I'll take your word for it. Uh,
1: and if not, it's no surprise to anybody who's heard us before. <laughs> right. The sparse descriptions of them in Chinese records describe them as being a prosperous farming culture who are also accomplished horsemen. They became victims of genocide by the Ming Dynasty in 1573 AD and are effectively extinct. Their language, rituals, and behaviors are unknown to archaeologists. There is a possibility, however, that the Ku people of Kuibei, or Chibei In southern Yunnan are surviving descendants of the Bo. Some of the Ku people also practice hanging coffins. People with the surname He in Yunnan are also believed locally to be descendants of the Bo. The reasons for the hanging coffins of the Bo people are unknown because no Bo people are left. But it may simply be to prevent the dead from being disturbed. This is implied by Marco Polo's brief observation of the Bo rituals, saying that When deceased, they had their bodies put in a box and taken to the mountains to be put in caves or hung out where others cannot reach. Aside from the hanging coffins of the bow, there are also several other hanging coffin sites found throughout China from different time periods.
0: Let's talk about the bow for just a second. Okay. It's really interesting that, I mean, this is 1537, right? This is not like 2000 BC. In these people were being visited by Marco Polo, but yet there's still no history about them. That means that it, it had to have been scrubbed, like erased, like it was purposely destroyed, right? Because, I mean, how else could it be? I mean, you know that they, they were able to write, they were able to uh, pass down oral traditions, and you would think that someone outside of, you know, the... The tribe or the people that were basically exterminated would know the history.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, know. that's my right. take on it. No, I think you're right. I mean, and there's—I remember reading a long time ago that you know there were there was a point at which the Chinese government, whichever government it was in power at the time, were trying to get rid of the wall, the Great Wall. They're encouraging farmers, like, if you need bricks or building material, take it from the wall. Because they thought it was a, you know, kind of a reminder of a more barbaric or successful time that they just didn't want to be associated with. And then it, Hmm. you know, it's just, so it's odd to think that the Great Wall wasn't always, you know, what it is. Mm -hmm. If you go to a Chinese restaurant in the U.S., there's like a, 35% 35% chance it's called Great Wall something. <laughs> but yeah, it's like they were like, oh no, just just take it. You know, they're, I think I think things have happened in the past that have purged a lot of China's history, which is a shame.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. China was to my understanding, the most advanced nation on earth for like thousands of years.
0: Yeah. Alright, so moving on to the Philippines. Hanging coffins are one of the funerary practices among the Kankane. <laughs>
1: I like that. It
0: was worth a shot. (laughs) I saw it coming, and I'm like, I'm going to swing for the fence on this one. But um, All right. Hanging coffins are one of the funerary practices of the Kankane people of Sagada mountain province in the island Luzon of the Philippines. They have not been studied by archaeologists, so the exact age of the coffins is unknown, though they are believed to be centuries old. So probably not karaoke shooting victims.
1: Probably not. That's that's. I would imagine that's a safe
0: bet. Could you imagine karaoke in like the 1500s? You'd have a couple guys up there playing a drum and somebody would be singing a hymn or something like that.
1: Yeah, they're singing like sea shanties. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, the coffins are placed underneath natural overhangs either on natural rock shelves crevices or on projecting beams slotted into holes dug into the cliffside. side the coffins are small because the bodies inside the coffins are in a fetal position so that's interesting hmm. i don't know if that's something that is carried on in the philippines now i don't know
1: like is that a normal practice like, yeah. is, the, is the whole... Yeah, I get what you mean. Like, is that positioning also unique to this, or is that just what they do?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. This is due to the belief that people should leave the world in the same position as they entered it, a tradition common throughout the various pre-colonial cultures of the Philippines. The coffins are usually carved by their eventual occupants during their lifetimes. That would be an interesting thing to undertake you know you you're gonna have to spend a lot of time on it even if you just make it you know crappy i I don't want an expensive coffin i just you know i just want to be put in a pine box and put in the ground but if you're we you know we see in movies a lot where somebody will be getting offed And like a mob guy will walk him out into the desert with a gun and a shovel and be like, start digging. So, you know, your life probably flashes before your eyes when that's going on. But if it's taking you months and months to make your own coffin, I can't imagine what kind of like reflective experiences you would have while doing something like that. And
1: for a Western society, it seems like such an alien thing to do, at least to me. When it's, you know, when it happens in a TV show or something, it's usually to show you there's something wrong with the person doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, like the example I'm thinking of is uh, in Dexter, one of the main villains was played by John Lithgow.
0: Awesome like, actor. Yeah. It- or
1: I guess you would call him an antagonist, maybe not a villain, because Dexter's really supposed to be the villain too. But yeah. But there's a this recurring thing where for a while he's like woodworking and you eventually see that he's making a coffin. Mm. And you don't know if it's his or somebody else's, but it's like very unsettling that this guy's just like to do, just doing his thing in his garage making a coffin. So the idea of people just doing this is like, Oh, what are you doing this weekend? You know, it's like, oh, I got a prod. You know, I I bought a like a rusted out '72 Mustang that I'm going to try to do some work on. It's like, oh, cool. I'm I'm working on my coffin. I've been carving out this tree stump for for the last five years.
0: That sounds like a challenge, man. Email us if you want me to carve my own coffin.
1: Oh, I thought for them. There you go. That's that's your business. (laughs) Single piece Filipino coffins. Right.
0: Well, you know what? I, I mean, honestly, maybe the uh, being buried in the fetal position is less about coming into the world or leaving the world as you came into it and more about, hey, I'd rather make a four foot coffin than a six foot coffin. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> All right. Despite their popularity, hanging coffins are not the main funerary practice of the Kankinai. It is reserved only for distinguished or honorable leaders of the community. They must have performed acts of merit, made wise decisions, and led traditional rituals during their lifetimes. So it's it's an honor. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it would be fantastic if it were uh, kind of people that were selected from the community. You know, like maybe... The guy at the restaurant would give homeless people bowls of rice, something like that. And not just, you know, the political leaders or the religious leaders, but, you know, normal people would have a chance to kind of get that honor in the end. Mm. The height at which their coffins are placed reflects their social status. You'll be able to see this on the cover art, too. Most people interred in hanging coffins. Are the most prominent members of the Council of Male Elders in the traditional communal men's dormitory and civic center of the village. There is also one documented case of a woman being accorded the honor of a hanging coffin interment. The more common burial custom of the Kankanai is for coffins to be tucked into crevices or stacked on top of each other inside limestone caves. Man, I don't know how many. I, I mean, I'm assuming it's a small group of people, but you know, you'd run out of caves eventually.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've thought that since I was a little kid. Like, have you ever vended... um, what is it, Jefferson Barracks out here?
0: Uh, the military no. Military cemetery. No, I haven't been there. Yeah, it's just
1: fields and feel like acres of headstones. Oh yeah, it's yeah. so odd, and it's like. I just had this thought the one time it's like, if we just keep burying people and we never like do anything else, would the, the whole world will just be this someday?
0: <laughs> no, they're going to turn into oil, like the dinosaurs. <laughs> no, because we pump
1: everybody full of preservatives. <laughs> That's true.
0: All of these burial customs require specific pre-interment rituals known as the sangadil. The Kankanai believe that interring the dead in caves or cliffs ensures that their spirits, also known as a Nido, can roam around and continue to protect the living. That's, you know, we, it's a guardian angel, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I'm just, I'm mentally preparing for this. You no, know, We're gonna one-shot this. I'm not, I'm not re-recording it. Hanging Coffins... Liang Tokek, literally, hanging burial, is one of the funerary practices of the Taraja people of Sulawesi, either for primary or secondary burials. The distinctively boat-shaped coffins, known as Irong, are always placed below overhanging parts of the cliff face. These can be natural overhangs or cave openings, but some coffins are placed beneath man-made overhangs. They are guarded by carved wooden representations of the dead, known as tau Older Tao Tao are more abstract, but modern Tao Tao can be quite lifelike. The reasoning for their placement is to discourage looters who might steal the items interred with the dead. Like the hanging coffins of the Philippines, Liang Tokek accounts for only a minority of the region's funerary practices. Liang Tokek were reserved for the founders of the village and thus are among the oldest dated coffins, dating to around 780 AD. They were part of burial complexes which included other kinds of interment practices usually differing based on social class and age of the dead. These complexes are believed by the Turojans to be abodes of spirits of the dead in the afterlife. The more common types of ancient burials were the Liang Silik, Liang Erong, and... Mm, okay. Erong. Silik? Silik? <laughs> I think Silic. so, yeah. The more... <laughs> the more common types of ancient burial were the Liang Silik and Liang Arong, which were cave burials with the latter utilizing coffins Erong, while the former does not other more recent burial customs include Liang Pak or tombs carved into walls Tang Dan, house shaped tombs for noblemen usually placed on hilltops and Liang Patan house shaped tombs for commoners pretty cool Pretty cool. I'm pretty sure I wasn't particularly close on my pronunciations, but it is interesting to see, you know, these class distinctions carried on like that. I mean, I guess it's not any different from, you know, you go into an old school cemetery and you see, like, normal markers and then you see these giant monuments. Right it's not like we don't do that here it's just it seems odd to us that we you know because we bury our dead and we do it in a specific way we don't do this we don't put them in caves we don't put them under overhangs we don't put them on beams sticking out of cliff faces
0: but it is pretty epic right like yeah that's a pretty kick ass thing if they're like you know what we're gonna put you in a cave You get your own cave that's awesome Hmm. a natural wonder you know put there by your god so it's cool yeah I don't know I would hate to be the guy that has to like lower the coffins down you know on the cliff faces I'm sure they're not using cranes and forklifts and stuff
1: Hmm. yeah
0: I don't know. I think it's a neat thing. I don't really have much to say about it. I just, I thought you guys would like it, and, you know, I hadn't heard about it, but I I thought at first, oh, this is going to have some kind of paranormal twist or something like that, but it really doesn't. It's just straightforward and kind of a neat custom.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just odd. I've I've heard of it before. I didn't know there was so much variation in the way it was done. Like, I didn't know the height of it was based on class or anything. Mm Mm-hmm. But I had seen, you know, hey, there are these weird, you know, weird, weird to us, you know, mm-hmm. practices where they, this is how they deal with their dead. Mm-hmm. You know, just like some parts of Europe use catacombs and things like that and bones were just kind of stacked. Yeah. Like it's all different ways of doing it. I think I would prefer this to having my bones stacked in catacombs though.
0: Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah, no peace. There's just ghosts everywhere, right? Yeah. Would you go down in the catacombs?
1: Oh, yeah. 100%. percent
0: be kind of a cool experience.
1: Although, with my luck, I'd be one of the ones who just never comes back. <laughs>
0: you know, there's
1: like miles of catacombs under Paris or whatever. Yeah. That it's like, you're, you don't have a good chance of coming back if you go too far in. My luck, yeah, my, my luck is not, not good.
0: Well, I mean, I think like what cavers do, right? They just have like a spool of line that, uh, you know, glows in the dark or whatever. They just tie it off at the beginning of the cave and then follow it back out so they know, you know, which way to go.
1: All right, man. I was changing oil on mine and Kim's car recently. Mm-hmm. And mine, you know, most cars have these plastic covers under them now. so I pulled that cover off and I was trying to put it back after I was done and I was laying on my back under the car and I had a screw in my hand and somehow I dropped the screw up I dropped the screw and it went up into the engine bay and didn't come back down wow I like bumped my wrist on something let go of the screw, it flew up I tried to find it. I fished around in the bumper cover. I got out and I was like kicking it and stuff, like whacking it, like trying to hear if I could hear it rattling somewhere in there. Never found it. That's my luck. <laughs> I, I I don't believe for one second that something wouldn't happen to my glow in the dark like fishing line if I use that as my method to find my way back. Like my luck would be like some giant like radioactive ratatouille thing would come and just gnaw on it. Like oh cool and just bite that off and then I would I would just end up finding my way back to like a giant rat's nest because they would have dragged it off there
0: <laughs> well that would be funny said it that way
1: that <laughs> probably that's that has to have happened to
0: somebody at some point oh I'm sure nothing's a hundred percent you know not necessarily getting chewed up by a rat but you know coming untied and dragged in or something like that but right right well that's all we've got tonight on karaoke rage and hanging coffins so we hope you enjoyed the show you can email us at cryptic at gmail.com with case suggestions don't forget to check out exploring evil and movie how and we will catch you next week good night crypt keepers think you're free when you're being fundamentally manipulated and dictated. One form of dictatorship is being in a prison cell and you can see the bars and touch it. The other one is sitting in a prison cell but you can't see the bars and you think you're free. What the human race is suffering from is mass hypnosis. We are being hypnotized.